Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode where we're going to be exploring today's title, Surviving on $9 a Month. This was based on a video I listened to or watched recently, and I was um, somewhat disappointed and heartbroken at the same time. Disappointed because in a modern day society, and in most importantly, first world nations, its citizens are not meant to be living like this. I know I spoke about this in another episode where I said these sort of things were preserved for people that were in the developing world. That's what we're meant to believe. When in reality, this is a lot more close to home that we actually know. So what I'm going to be doing today is slightly different. I'm going to play this video at some point, And what I would like you to kind of get out of this is what the reality is out there. As I'm about to play this and when, before you hear anything, just please pause the blame for a second and just listen to it and listen with an open mind. Because in a society where blame is the way in which we, we treat people, respond to people, what that means is that we are neglecting the part of ourselves that is meant to foster empathy. Okay. Listen to it. Everybody keeps saying it's going to get better. How is it going to get better? Our economy is so fucked that I work a full-time job. <laughs> I make $21 an hour working 40 hours a week. I have no extra expenses, no bills out of my living. I have one credit card that's max because I've lived off of it. But other than that, I have a cable. I haven't had cable in 10 years. We have cell phones, but, you know, that's required to live on. But other than that, nothing extra. On paper... My bills are $2,701. My income is $2,710. Do the math. $9 a month before I pay for food, gas, car repairs, Any entertainment, there's no money for that. And my car is dying. It's paid for, so I don't have car payments now that I'm going to replace. And I don't know how to do that on $9 a month. $9 to feed myself. $9 to buy a car. $9 for insurance. Yeah. So at the end of the day, this is me because I worked eight and a half hours a day knowing that it's not enough. 
that it won't be enough. <laughs> Fuck you, Ontario. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if, if you heard that. So, according to this young lady, she is on $21 an hour. And she earns around $2,710 a month. Unfortunately for her, her bills are around 2701 So that leaves her with $9 a month. $9 a month. She doesn't have any cable. She doesn't live a luxurious life. This $9 that she's got, that before she actually pays for food, she lives in Ontario and her car is almost dying. She's got to try and cover this with the $9. She doesn't have anything outside of mobile phones, which we know in this day and age, you need a mobile phone. Okay. I can already see a potential argument coming there. A potential argument could be from some people. Why doesn't she just get a cheaper phone that would be less expensive and she's able to do that? He's neither here or there, isn't it? But the focus shouldn't necessarily be just the phone, should it? Yeah, some people would say just, just cut that. Whilst I get that, that wouldn't be the main thing that's taking a lot of the money, would it? There'll be other aspects as well, like paying for gas to get to work, hitting up your home, trying to pay your mortgage. If you've got a mortgage, if you haven't got a mortgage, paying for your rent, which we know in this day and age, especially with the current inflation crisis, is just gone skyrocketing through the roof. I say that to say this, when you live in a system, when the blame becomes about what you haven't done versus what is not available to you, we are neglecting or excusing the individuals that are responsible for making the appropriate policies and actions or taking the appropriate actions to ensure that its citizens are receiving the appropriate level of support. These are some of the things that were kind of going through my head. It's that awareness of the struggles around us, trying to create and shed light to some people out there that feel like everything is okay, when in reality it isn't. The difference between resource availability and people's actual living conditions and experiences. For some people, when they've been able to kind of set and create a, a system around them or a network around them where the idea of having to make ends meet, the idea of struggling to buy food for yourself, the idea of struggling to feed your kids. Maybe in the past, they have been exposed to this or they have been part of this. But sometimes as humans, we 
become comfortable in our positions. We become comfortable for some reason, either as a way of defending and protecting ourselves, we completely block out that part of us where we have actually struggled. I know I do it myself because there are certain aspects of my childhood that when I'm spoken to about him, like, ah, did that actually happen? Not intentionally, I don't believe, but as human beings, we are designed to protect ourselves from the most traumatic experiences. And the brain kind of rewires itself in a way of trying to make us believe that everything is okay. And that, I believe, is not necessarily a bad thing. When it becomes a bad thing, is that when, as a society, we then create a stereotype of people, where we then begin to say, these people are struggling because of poor financial decisions, poor financial management, exaggerative and excessive lifestyle. And I've got to quickly say that, yes, there are people like that. Yes, there are people that have been terrible in their life choices. And yes, there are people that some of these harm and difficulties that they find themselves in are self-inflicted. But let's think about that for a second. In the aspect of your financial decision being self-inflicted. Is it self-inflicted because you lack that financial education, that financial awareness? Because that on its own is also a problem, isn't it? I say this because in our educational system, what we seem to have is this lack of financial education for our young people which is, I believe, a systemic flaw. But instead, we try and create this bunch of clones, bunch of factory workers, bunch of industry workers that we just want to push out there, ship out there, and expect them to kind of reproduce things. You find out that when people leave school, what they then start doing is re-educating themselves, something that should have already been there from an early age. As an adult, you're having to try and re-educate yourself. Is it about setting up a business? Is it about making sure that your financial health is not impacted because you're learning these things for the first time? Maybe you grew up in a household where that's not something that existed. It was always about when you have money, this is how you spend it. And as children, we are designed and created and molded by the society and the culture or the system in which we grew up on or in. Isn't it interesting that rather than us, questioning 
the system, if there are actual concerns in which people grow in and the impact that this has on vulnerable individuals, we skip that bit and literally jump straight to the blame factor. The blame factor where we then say, it is your fault. It's got to be your fault because you know what? I've been able to get out of that poverty rat race, but you haven't been. I thought this was interesting. And I think it's something that we need to talk about. Please let me know what you think about this one. And it'll be, it'll be really, really good to kind of hear your thoughts on it. Until next time, people. It has been Kings. And I hope that we can continue to have these healthy discussions in our aim to make our world a better place. You stay safe now. Peace. Bye for now.